Welcome to the Not Great Parents podcast. I'm Not Great Parent Molly, and this is Not Great Parent Nathan. Hello. I just noticed you have a water bottle and a Diet Coke. I know. Coke. I'm that person. When I go into a restaurant, I'm like, oh, I have a Diet Coke in <laughs> Do you and, really? Yes, I'm annoying like that. I don't know, because sometimes I get kind of, I just want water, and then sometimes I want to like some caffeine. So my my younger brother used to do that all all the time when he was a kid. I don't know if he still does it. He would always have a bottle of water and a Sprite. Now when we went to restaurants, he wouldn't, it's not his nature to ask for more than like what he needs. But like, like me. Yeah, like you. Like such a neat, no, I just mean like he wouldn't ask for anything. If something was wrong, he's not gonna correct it, any of that kind of stuff. But he, like we, we would sit down to dinner and he'd have a bottle of water and like a like a Sprite there, or something. As long as he doesn't have a bottle of water and a glass of water. It was something about <laughs> it was something about the the water being able to like cleanse the taste of the Sprite I mean, he's before totally he ate, ate a bite of the food. It was like everything having its own it's flavor. It's one of the things that you just don't tell people because then they're like, <laughs> yeah. well, especially your family. You guys oh are probably no, like, it was a whole oh, thing. Oh, come on. Yes, that <laughs> well, was a whole thing. But I don't know. I I also, this is the tiniest can of all time, so I'll probably be finished with it shortly. And by the time we're done filming, because, you know, we like to talk a lot, I'll probably need some water. That's true. That's so. true. Well, I don't think we've said Merry Christmas to everybody. No, right? we haven't. Merry Christmas. We are filming this, and now it is actually Christmas season. Yeah, we're right at the, we're, we're when this airs, we'll have been, this will be our last episode before Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. When we are filming this. We are five days into December. Yes, so but at least we're not in November filming Christmas. That's so true. So it does feel a little bit. It does bit, feel like Christmas. My Christmas bit, tree's up. Your Christmas tree's up. up. The I'm, Christmas trees in the church are up. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> so it finally feels like Christmas and just in time for us to be done with this. Yes, right. Well, that's okay. That's how it goes. It yeah. ends before you before you even know it. It's over. So no. anyway, should we tell them why we're not great? Yes, I think we Because we should. always tell you all why we are not great. That's correct. But we don't want to be great. So um, we call ourselves the Not Great Parents, and this is the Not Great Parents podcast because uh, the world defines great as, um, you know, more and Basically, seeking yeah. more. The world has a bucket list of all the things as a parent we should be doing. We should have more education, more skills, more sports, more money, more... More of everything, essentially. And when you look at what God has to say about life, he says we should live in his goodness. And so as parents, we want to differentiate that for our family so that we are prioritizing um, the goodness of God and aligning our family in that direction rather than chasing after great. Yeah, because the allure of greatness is is often so strong that it pulls us away from the goodness, or you could say the righteousness of God. What God says is the way to live in his kingdom, mm-hmm. right? Jesus said that, you know, if you want to be great in his kingdom, you have to become like a child. And he right. didn't mean like this idea of like a sweet, naive, innocent child. He meant you have no power. Yes. <laughs> you have you have no privileges. Mm-hmm. You choose to reduce yourself, as he would say, to become uh, the last, so that in his kingdom you could be the first. Mm-hmm. And that he said in his kingdom, those who were first in the kingdom of the world will very likely be last in his world. Mm-hmm. And he said many of those who are first will end up last. And uh, we want to be people that are teaching our kids what it means to live in the goodness of God. And that means we have to start. Yes, we have to be the ones to do it first because like anything, our kids see us. We're the model. Yes. We are the ones that we have the most influence of our ch- over our children, most likely, especially yes. at certain ages. 
we um, they they see us mm -hmm. they're in our home where we have our guard down so yes. they see the real versions of all of us and so it's very important that um, we start there we start with us and then we become very intentional about how we go about uh, building that into our whole family and in our family life here at the final episode of this and we kind of tease this at the beginning of the, the, the series of really Christmas is not about trying to get this great Christmas moment where everything's magical and everything just kind of comes together. It's really about the reason that we celebrate Christmas is so that we become people as followers of Jesus who are centering our lives on Jesus mm -hmm. and by doing so in such a way that it, our lives begin to kind of take the shape that his life did. Mm -hmm. I think a lot about um, you know Romans 12, where where Paul, uh, a lot of people have heard this before, where he says, you know, in view of God's great mercy, right, in view of all God's done for you, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Right. This is your true. This is what it means to worship God: is that you would offer your entire being and say, "I'm sacrificing." And it may be for many of us, I'm sacrificing greatness and all the things that. I thought my life could be and all the dreams I thought it could be so that I lay it down on this altar of God's goodness. I pursue what he says at the end, then you will know his good, pleasing, and perfect will if you do this. And then he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, right? Mm -hmm. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He says, then you'll know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. Well, the image he's using there is actually something that existed in their world where when they would make, and it exists in our world, I guess, but when you would make molds of anything, right? If they were trying to make some kind of clay mold or if they were trying to uh, pour iron into something to make right. a mold, right? You would actually have these molds that would be one, one cast iron kind of mold that you would take. And that was a form. Mm -hmm. That was the kind of form. Now, what he says is, when he's talking about conforming versus transforming, well, the word for transform is to take off one mold, put another mold on. Okay. Right? And so what he's saying is there is one mold right. that this world is trying to shape you into. There's a story that our, our world is trying to get you to live into. There's ideals and values that this world, what we would call greatness, mm -hmm. right, on this podcast. In that mold. <laughs> that's one mold. And that's being conformed. Mm -hmm. Right? He says, you you're pressing it into that mold. That's right. And everyone, and you see this with other people, you know, and I'll say this, if you if you talk to someone who's outside uh, America, if they're uh, someone who's foreign to America, if you talk to a friend who's from Europe and they talk about Americans, they think all Americans kind of fit into one thing. Mm -hmm. And we like to think, oh no, we're so unique. We're so unique. Until of course we go to another country and we go, all these people are the same. <laughs> Why is everyone here the same? Like we think yes. because there is a mold, right? right? And there are unique in imperfections right. and variations in every single person. We're all precious snowflakes. Yes, uh-huh. But there's a mold. There is an overall mold. Because we're all living into the same kind of story with the same kind of values, right? And what Paul is saying is you take off that mold and he doesn't say, and now you're free to be whatever you want to be. Mm -mm. He says, be transformed by putting a new mold on, the mold of Christ Jesus. Live according to his story, mm -hmm. his values, what we would call his goodness right. on this podcast, right? And you form yourself, you press yourself into that mold. Therefore, anything that can't fit into that mold gets cut off and goes away. 
And if you don't get close to that mold and touch that mold, it won't happen. That's right. Yeah, if you never put the mold on, if you don't know the shape of the mold, if you right. don't even know what you're doing, well, you'll never get to exist right. in it. And so when we talked early on about Christmas, is the point of Christmas is not to get this little Christmas moment. Mm -mm. It's to allow Christmas to be just another part of our life where we are putting on that Jesus-shaped mold mm -hmm. and being formed into his image according to his story. <coughs> and obviously that means mm -hmm. we've got to read the Christmas story. We've, right. got, we've got to engage with the story of Christmas, but not in the way everyone else does. In, in, in your experience um, growing up, did y'all read the Christmas story a lot? Like at Christmas? Sometimes. I mean, I, I feel like it was not the central thing that happened, but it was always somewhere within it, right? Yes. It's not like at after dinner we sat down and, and read it, but it, it was somewhere within within it. So yeah, every year there was some version of it. This may be shocking to lots of people and people who are closer you to didn't. me. You didn't. be shocking. Uh, I grew up with Ed Martin and I don't think uh, we ever read that. <laughs> we might have once or twice. I don't want to yeah. say ever. That seems like something my mom would have made happen yeah. at some point. Well, my, my mom... My mom was kind of into making the moment, and, yes. and um, my dad certainly enjoyed doing that, too. So we we often had something like that. But. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we knew the Christmas story. We went to church oh, yeah. all the time and heard the Christmas story. We like read you, our Bibles. Like you said, we isn't knew this day about Jesus? And Ed was like, we don't talk about him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, it's not that kind <laughs> this of This day is about Santa. Yeah, uh, no. No, my... Uh, but what I mean is, and I don't want to bring this up, is there was never a moment on Christmas morning that I remember maybe more than once or twice where we were like, hey, let's sit down before we open the presents, before, you know, all the things yeah. that you're, you're kind of told as a Christian parent mm -hmm. you're supposed to do. It's like, right. Mine was sprinkled in. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Is yeah. I think a lot of It happened, but it was sort of not really intentionally placed somewhere. It was like, oh, we got to make sure we do that. Yes. And if my mom was thinking ahead, like, let's say Christmas Eve meal went well. Yes. And she wasn't stressed about that, then maybe it would happen before dinner or maybe right. it would happen at a certain time. But I think pretty much, you know, it was a sprinkle. Yes. And I think for most people, and this is what I want to get to, is uh, I don't think our advice on, on this episode really leading into it is, hey, you've got four days before no. or five, depending on when you listen, or Christmas happened three weeks ago because you've just now listened <laughs> to this episode. But you can do it for 2024. And you got to catch up and you got to make sure you have this happen before you ever yeah. open a present because no. then you're not putting Jesus first. We're not telling you how to do it. Yes. And what I will say that I think is really important is I think there is a way in which there's a lot of, and I don't mean this, if you grew up in a house where it was really important to your family that you read the Christmas story on Christmas morning, I think that's a great thing. But there is, I just know among many Christian parents, there's almost this superstitious way people approach reading the Christmas story at Christmas time, which is like, really what everyone cares about is the presents or the family get together mm -hmm. or the food. Or like in my house, we went to a movie every Christmas <coughs> right. day. And so that's really what I cared about was let's get, get to the, the movie. movie theater, you know, and but, 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 but Jesus is first. So let's read the Christmas story before we do that. Because if we don't, then we're not really Christians. Right. There's almost this superstitious way of, once again, you use the word sprinkle, but that's that's the way that we've described on this podcast is I'm really pursuing greatness and I'll sprinkle in some Jesus mm -hmm. to try and make sure he blesses all of my greatness. Right. I don't think it is necessary for you to read the Christmas story on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve no. to make it happen. I do think, and this is where I think we want to spend our time in this episode, it is really important that your family as a whole 
one is well-versed in the Christmas story and really the story of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and that really you're holding that mold up. This is the important part, is that it's not just a story they know. It becomes the mold that you begin to shape your life around. Right, and the lives of your whole entire family. Yes. It's a framework for that. It is the mold, and without it, you, you're steering in some random direction. And so it's foundational to understand it, yes. to understand the birth of Jesus. And we want ourselves and our children to know that So because that's where it starts, right? And we are trying to mold ourselves and become like him. So we have to understand where it started. Let's get to it. Let's just dive in and let's just read the story. Read the story. So I hope there's not a lot of hard to pronounce words in here. I think there is pretty early on, and I'm going to enjoy that. But I think Ah. I will say this. Let's just start right there. If you decide, even before this, and I think maybe we can mention this at the end of the episode. Maybe you'll remember it. You we can come back to it. Maybe, but I'm a little old. To to really live into the Christmas story does not mean you personally have to be the one to sit down and read the story. Your kids. No. I think it's great if you do. I think that's a great tradition for you and your family right. to start is to do it. But it's also okay if part of the way you get the Christmas story is you make sure we come to church through the Christmas season. Yeah. And, and children's ministry is going to teach my kids or they're going to come sit in the Christmas Eve service with me and we're going to hear, you know, whoever's preaching that Sunday is going to read through the Christmas story. All of those things I think are equally valid. But if you choose to read it, it's okay that you can't pronounce. I think it's Quirinius is it in is. this story. That yeah. is it. You're, so I'm the governor of Syria, you don't I'm, need to know how to say Quirinius. Q. And I, yeah, Q. Q just call, I don't know. What we, I'm just going to say this. In our current climate right Maybe now, don't Q. be calling people Q. Yeah. We might be getting into some in some trouble. Quirinius? So. Should I go with that? Quirinius? <laughs> don't say Quirinius. Okay. Yeah. No, I will say this, though, to your to what you were just saying. Um, I haven't, I personally haven't always done this story with my children. and Like la- you sitting down to Sitting read. down and talking about Come it. Come hither, and, children. Let yeah, me tell you the story. Let me tell you this beautiful story. Quirinius. <laughs> um, but I had last year an opportunity. We were kind of after after church on Christmas Eve, we had our kids tell it to us. And that was oh, really, that's cute. That's that really was good. really telling for me to know yeah. what they knew and didn't know. Yeah. And it was good. It was good. Yes. It was really fun. We gave him like a little, pro- we gave him a nativity set, oh, you know, that we already cute. had him and we just said, Hey, tell it to us. And my, you know, 11 year old had all the details pretty right. And my five year old at the time made, made up a lot of really fun facts. So I like that. It is, but it is good to hear kind of how they've interpreted it too, yes. because it is, it is not a story like any other. I would agree. So, all right, so let's start. All right, so let me come hither while I read this to you all. (laughs) Hither, children. Let me tell you this story. All right. At the time, well, this is from Luke 2. This is uh, Luke chapter 2. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Still messed it up. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from a village of Na- from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, whom he was engaged, 
to who he was now expecting a child with. Right, I, so, I made some different words up in there. Sat <laughs> in your own stuff. That's good. I think I think in Bible college, I did learn, if you just want to throw your own words into the Bible, you can do that. Who's going to care? Still God breathe. <laughs> I mean, you said it. So here we go. No, but here's, here's, so here's where I would start on this. Once again, I think Mo- Molly made a good point of like letting your kids tell the story. I think there's a lot of good um, media out there right now. Like The Chosen has a Christmas uh-huh. episode. I know. I'll say this. I think there's a cute little animated movie. It's not a great movie, but it's kind of it's kind of fun if you got l- little itty little bitty kids. kids called The Star, which is about oh, the I've animals. Mm-hmm. It's cute. It's not a great movie, but no, it's it's a it's, fine way, and it kind of tells the Christmas yeah, story. Yeah, and sometimes way. we're just trying to give you guys ideas of things that'll just help you talk through these things. Sure, but one thing I would say here is if you've got teenagers, one thing that I would always love to highlight for teenagers when you read this is yes, there are these goofy names at the beginning, right? You've got the Roman Emperor Augustus, why do I care that there was a census? Why do I care about who was governor of Syria? Why do I care about this? And I think the important thing I would want to make is, especially if all your kids have ever seen is The Chosen mm-hmm. or, the, or The Star or some kind of VeggieTales Christmas oh, thing, yeah. right? Where they feel like cartoons, mm-hmm. you know? Or they feel like they, they, they can, be, it can begin to feel like a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And the reason Luke includes this, this information is because... Uh, Luke is trying to get us to understand this happened in a specific time, this in a specific place. This was not once upon a time, mm-hmm. far, far, you know, in a galaxy far, far away, mm-hmm. you know, long, long time ago. It's not Star Wars. It's not fantasy. It's not. It was real. This is real. And these are real people. And this is a real story. And I think being able to drive that home for your kids yeah. is a huge thing that's important. And I think when you're reading a story like this, like we just did, we, we read a section and we stopped and we paused and we yeah. kind of recap it or whatever. That's so right. That's something that you can, I mean, I, I'm fumbling through these words, but at the but the end of this paragraph, I can say, okay, here's what I know now. And you can yes. kind of you break it apart for them because yes. some of you guys are going to have kids that are different ages too. So mm-hmm. an older child may understand some of this and a younger child may need a little bit more help. But... Um, yes. You know, even just with the word census, what does that mean? You know, yes, things like exactly, that. So yeah. you can, you know, stop at different points. Don't just read, start to finish, and then go, okay. Yes. You know, it's good to sort of stop. This is a great time to stop and say, okay, here's some historical context. It That's was real, good. and this is what happened in those days. And we or have, and here's ask, our main characters now. We've got Mary, we've got Joseph. <laughs> yeah, or even just to ask your kids. I like to do, or allow them to ask you questions, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to be some scholar and know all of these different historical things. Your job is to be able to say, hey, this really happened. That's why they have the names of these kings. Mm-hmm. That's why they have the names of these people. And so that might be a little boring. You may not pay attention to that, but here's why I'm asking. Or ask your kids, do you think this really happened? Or do you think this is a fairy tale? Do you mm-hmm. think it's just a, a, a book? And allow them to have whatever answer they have. If they say, I think it's a fairy tale, say, okay, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I think you have to have a, a, a ability to have a conversation with someone. I think a lot of times parents either think, I need to correct their thoughts, and you better believe this because this is what we right. believe. Or I just let my kids say whatever they say, and I don't have to say anything back. Yeah. That's not the way I would handle it either. If they say they don't believe, say, right. okay, I I do. So we're going to keep reading. Yeah. And if you believe it's a fair tale, okay, listen to it as a fair tale. I believe it's truth. Let's, yeah. yeah. Let's keep going. Let's just, we can still hear the same story. That's right. So go ahead. So. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So I think there's this really um, 
There's this great song. We almost did it uh, at the during our Christmas series, but we chose not to. It's uh, by Phil Wickham. It's called Manger Throne. Actually, producer Charlie was the one who brought it to my attention. But it's this really beautiful song that I think is a really important part. And I would encourage you maybe even to listen to that song in the car. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's another way once again, of telling the story because music is a way your kids might engage more than just sitting and listening to you actually read word right. for word the exact language. And I'm talking about if your kids are younger, I think there is a benefit as your kids get older to word for word reading the word of God for them. But your your job, once again, is to tell the story. Mm -hmm. And so there's this song and the point of song Manger Throne is this idea of how strange it is that the King of Kings, that the God of all creation chose to be to rule the world from a manger, manger. throne. Because a manger is this, you know, I've heard people say it's like a trough. It's like a feeding trough. It's all these different things. Well, we know for sure that what they meant by manger was he was born in a place that was meant for animals. Right. He was born in a place that was meant for animals. And it was a human being. Uh, and not just a human put there, but the king of all kings, the God of all creation. Uh, the way I said it to my kids is imagine... How strange it is that the God who made everything, who's so big, all of creation fits inside of God himself. There is no part of creation that is not a part of God. God is bigger than all of this. And somehow he got small enough to become a clump of cells inside of a teenage girl's tummy is the way I would say to them, right? You know, or in their womb. That that concept makes absolutely no sense. That Creation itself exists within God, and then God somehow existed within, within creation, creation and became the smallest, most vulnerable person. Once again, these are just ideas you can bring out of. Isn't it strange? Why would God choose to do this? Mm -hmm. Why would this choose to be the way? And you don't come when you ask those questions, you don't have to come to those. You don't have to have the answer. You can just say, no. when I listen to this story, I wonder that. Like, I yes. think that. It's a conversation where you too, as a parent, get to wonder and think about it and, and be kind of amazed at the magnitude that's of right. it. And for your children to say, hey, my parents don't know the answer to everything here. And that's okay. Absolutely. Because we are going to do that in our faith for all the time. We're not always going to have the answer. So for your kids to see that right here in the story of Jesus' birth, that's huge. Well, so maybe what you want to do is you want to listen to that song because maybe your kids will engage more with the song. Then you ask them, and I, my kids now, because they're so used to be doing this, they regularly now go, Daddy, what's this song about? And usually the song is like... When you're going to ask us about it later. <laughs> yeah, well, they're like, well, they just now... They, they know there's meaning in song. They want to figure it out. And so normally it's like a Cardi B song. <laughs> I'm like, well, let me explain uh, this metaphor yeah. to you. It's a rich metaphor that that Miss uh, Cardi B has brought to us. You know, whatever the song is, yes. you know. And being able to take a song like this manger yes. throne that tells the story of Jesus in a different kind of way. Cause one of the lines I love, it says you could have, uh, uh, walked into Rome, uh, I think with a uh, fire for all to see, like you could have just marched in cause Rome was the capital. You could have <coughs> marched in yeah. and everyone could have that, but brought every tribe and nation to their knees, but you chose to rule from a manger throne where no one even knew you were there. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you just showed up and there was nothing. You take that song, then you tell them, Hey, you know, you may not know this, but that's that's how Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. And like you said, ask the question. Don't necessarily have an answer. Or maybe you have a thought of, you know, hey, you know, that's the way God wants us to live is in this kind of humble, simple. Mm -hmm. he, he's not interested, as we say on the podcast, in the greatness of the world, no. 
of, of coming in with this huge throne. No, there's nothing great about being born with the animals. No. Especially at that time. Well, and then I think you can bring it into, there's a really good sketch, which is not appropriate for your children to watch, <laughs> called, from this uh, YouTube group. I think they're above average network, but it, it's a hilarious sketch where it's called like a realistic uh, nativity birth. And it's Gosh. like giving like what, like there's there's doctors in the thing as, as she's giving birth and they're like explaining every single and thing that like, happens yeah. you know and they're you know because they're like he's crowning like they have like a whole <laughs> like thing and all this all this different stuff oh, no, and you have to watch it yes it's very funny probably not appropriate for your children no but very funny scenes. but what honestly what it did it's a very kind of irreverent funny thing because it's these young children doing a nativity play but giving very scientifically medically accurate pregnancy right. and birth descriptions and what it reminded me of that i don't think of a lot is Think of the infections Jesus could oh have gotten gosh, I know. being born around all these animals. You know what I'm saying? Think about how vulnerable yes. Jesus chose to become being I, born around all these animals. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. it's the we think of like, well, a king should have been born with like a silver spoon in his mouth. Oh, and, I and, and I think that is a part of the story. I don't want to take that away. What I'm saying is there's also this very practical part of it, which is how vulnerable he yes. became. How, how willing he was to suffer for us mm -hmm. and to be on our back. Even from the moment of his birth, he's suffering mm -hmm. for us. And all of that, like you said, it's a huge picture. It's this huge thing. And you don't have to do all of it. You just bring out little parts here and there yeah. to try and get to your kid's imagination of who God is. And, and remember, you're not telling it one time in their whole lifetime. That's so right. there's something You don't have to cram it all into one story. Uh, I mean, if you have a 17 or 18 year old about to go to college, speed it up. But, right. <laughs> but I do think that you don't, you don't have to cram it all in and, and every year they might start to see different things. That's right. You know, you That's just right. have to, it, it's development over time. They're going to see things differently. I mean, every time I read the Bible, I see it differently. That's right. That's right. That's the goal. So keep yeah. No. Okay. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Mm -hmm. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. So, so here's the part I would try to bring out once again, because I think this story is so big. There, there are many, maybe you don't even, maybe you just want to start with the shepherds, right? A lot of people do, right? Yeah. That's the Linus, right. Lucy, you know, the, yes. uh, the, the Charlie they're Brown out there Christmas. with their sheep. And... You know, they're out there with the sheep and the, the interesting part about the shepherds to me, and this is not like the only way to interpret this. It's the way that it just struck my mind as you were reading it is shepherds are the people that would naturally get left out of a, of a king's birth. Oh, yeah. Because shepherds, and in Israel in particular, because of the way they had to handle animals, they were usually, they had to go and ceremonially clean themselves before and like for days before they could even go to the temple to give their sacrifice right. to God because of the way they had to handle the animals right. and all that kind of stuff. Because of Jewish they were, law. And yeah, and often they were dealing with dead animals because mm -hmm. it's just the nature of it. All of it was a part of it. 
they were often smelly, not mm -hmm. well paid. This is the night shift. So these are usually people who don't have the best, in our world, it would be migrant workers, yeah, right? They, well, and these are people who lived in the field with their sheep. That's right. So these are, they're often smelly. They're mm -hmm. often lower educated people. They're often lower income people, all the kind of, all the people who would naturally get left out. So here's a way that I would maybe think about this. And you're past this time, by the time this has come out, but you know, we just did Christmas in Coweta. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe you as a family, you do some kind of charitable giving around Christmas. That's a right. pretty normal thing, right? There are people in our world who are naturally left out of everything important. Mm -hmm. They're forgotten about. Yeah. They don't matter as much. You know, we Not were talking, uh, if you know, in our church, they're... We're, we've been doing this NEST program, this mm -hmm. uh, this emergency shelter team uh, that is to house homeless people when it gets so cold and has to, that it would be uh, uh, unsafe for them to be outside, as if it is ever safe for them to be outside. Right. And that's the thing is our, our county has decided, which I'm glad that they al allow us to do this at this time, but at the same time, you wonder... Uh, it's easier to forget about them when it's not cold outside. It's easier to forget about people. And we wanna say as the way that we live into the story, the way we put that mold of Jesus on is, we intentionally go out into the fields looking for shepherds right. to tell the good news. Right, because I mean, these shepherds were the first to know. That's right, the angels the come angels to come, them. Intentionally come to them. And they don't just go like, hey, this thing happened. They say, Hey, yes. <laughs> like suddenly, and so that they cannot miss it. Yes. And they say, you need to know this. That's you right. You matter to... in this story. Yes. And so from the beginning of his birth, Jesus is saying what he eventually would say in Matthew 5 on the Sermon on the Mount, which is where we base most of our goodness mm -hmm. that we focus on on this podcast, where he would say, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn. Jesus is saying, in my kingdom, it's flipped upside. Mm -hmm. It's the shepherds who matter most. Mm -hmm. It's the people who are forgotten that matter the most. So what I would do for my kids is when we serve at Christmas in Coweta or when we go and we often go and serve at Bridge in the Gap or when we go and we, we donate money to people, I would say, hey, when we're doing this, we're joining Jesus. We're mm -hmm. joining the kingdom of heaven where shepherds get included and not just included. They're the first, like you said, they get priority. Mm -hmm. they, they're the first ones who get to know. And so we're always going to look for people who are forgotten the places where other people kind of want to push it to the side. Cause I asked my kids, they, my kids asked me when we were doing this nest program, well, why is it we can't just have a homeless shelter? And I said, well, our County's very wealthy mm -hmm. and we kind of would just rather hope to believe that maybe if you don't build a homeless shelter, maybe you don't build away, maybe it would just go away. Mm -hmm. Maybe the problem, and they would say, well, those people aren't just going to go away. And I right. said, no, of course they're not going to go away, but there's a way in which with all of our money, and all of our comfort, we kind of just wish, let's just hide it. Yeah. Let's ignore it. And as Christians, we are people who don't just hide and ignore other people. Mm -hmm. We choose to go to them. Yeah. So that's another way to tell the Christmas story is not just in actually come hither and let me tell the story. Go out and do something right. and then tell them the reason we're doing this is because of the Christmas story. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you can tie in exactly, you know, we have... Because he loved us in this way, mm -hmm. we are going to love others in this way. Exactly. Because if you've got a kid, like my oldest daughter is this way. Um, 
she 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 hates having to sit and and just sit still and listen to anything. We have a Bible study every Friday night with some people in our church, and our kids sit in on it. And ooh, she, I mean, she is like, I am done with this. She loves Jesus and she loves serving Jesus, but the idea of having to sit still and just listen to a lecture, and you may have a kid like that, but she loves it when we go and we serve at Bridging the Gap. Oh, it's yes. her favorite thing to be able to sit and pray and you watch her. She's going over there to, to people she's never met before mm -hmm. and she's holding them as we're praying. Like she so cool. loves that part. And it's a way for us to say, hey, you don't have to just sit still and be quiet and listen to the story. We're going to go live the story. Mm -hmm. And as we're driving home, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna tie it all right. in. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of ways to bring this in, but let's keep going with. Well, this I know we're gonna. I I look at this too, and I also see the second thing that I want to bring up. Yes. Yeah. The very first thing the angel does is reassures them and says, "Do not mm, be afraid." That's good. And so, to me, when I read this, I think, "Gosh, that's the very first thing that you, that God wanted us to know. Do not be afraid." And we live in such fear in this. That's true. In, in, that's good. You know. In life and in, in our world, especially, it's so part of who we all are with anxiety yes. and all these other things. But but this angel is saying, don't be afraid because I'm bringing you this mm -hmm. good news. And it's reiterated other times in the Bible through Jesus' own words and other things. But here it is, before we've even laid eyes on him, mm. there's this comfort in don't be afraid because he's here. I think, and so that brings another way that we can engage the scriptures with our kids, which is I have a good friend in this church who every night before his kids go to bed for a whole week, he's helping them memorize a mm -hmm. passage of scripture. Imagine sending your kids to bed with just the words, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. I bring you good news of, that will cause great joy. Great joy to all, pe all people. All people are going to get great joy from this good news that would cause you not to be afraid. And every night you could just repeat that to your kids. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to go through the whole story. You just tell them that one part and you say, hey, go to sleep tonight. Don't be afraid mm. because Jesus is here. He's here with you. Man, that's a powerful thing. Yeah, that's a good, I, I'm, I I'm really so glad too. you brought that out. Mom. All right, so let's keep going and another suddenly, here uh -oh. we go. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the mm. armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. That's good. So the armies of heaven, I'll just bring this one little part out. I know a lot of people see, whenever you see heavenly host, the word host, that's um, armies of heaven. It's yeah. just another way of saying the angel armies, right? And so when he says God's the God of the heavenly host, or because I think in most translations it says the angel was joined by a company of company the heavenly, of he heavenly host. But the, I love this translation, which I bet is new living. Yeah. It's the, the heaven's armies, right? It's right. just another way of saying, so you have this angel show up, tells the story, and then the shepherds see this powerful, mighty army of angels who start singing. Mm -hmm. How powerful that must have been. So, continue. Mm -hmm. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So think about one of my favorite lines in, in, in the whole Christmas stories right there at the end where it said, 
Mary, and I, the translation I always memorize was Mary stored these things up in her heart and she pondered them mm-hmm. or she treasured them, right? That, that Mary took these memories of these moments. And I think every parent can relate to that. If there's just these moments mm-hmm. in your child's life and they become, um, I once heard a guy in our, our church, I'll say Lauren McCune, who, mm-hmm. who served in our church faithfully the last 33, I mean, since day one in our church, has just faithfully served and faithfully served with our children. Right. And he said one time when I was interviewing him, uh, as a way we were honoring him in a video, and I asked him just, I don't even remember what the question was, but he said, I have this little treasure chest that's in, in my heart that I hold on to. And he says, of these just moments where I could see a kid got it, mm-hmm. or that a kid just needed someone to love them or care about them, because I just... I stored those things up in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I just, every time it makes me, that's what I think of when I think of Mary treasuring these things. And so what I would say to, what I would do too for my kids is, once again, this is a, this, the Christmas story, what's so beautiful about it is this grand story about angel armies and about the God of all creation, but it's also a story about a baby. Mm-hmm. It is a story about a human. It is a story about God becoming one of us. Right, and about a baby who had all the greatness of the world stacked against him. He had mm. parents that weren't married. Yes. He had, um, you know, he's born in a barn. He, right. They had no home because well, they had to had, go get the He had a sense. king that was against and him, he wanted to murder him. And he had a king that was against He had everything stacked against him. And, I mean, as a mom, wouldn't yeah. that be terrifying? That's but yet right. she stored in her heart all of these special moments these people coming to see her child, the reality she must have felt. Mm -hmm. She already believed that he, that he, because the angel had told her, we didn't cover that part of the story, but, but then imagine when it's all playing out, just as they said. That's right. And then I think you have, so you have Mary and she stores these things up. So what I would say then to my kids is I would try and make this more real for them. um, So they could understand what it must've been like to be there I would just say, you know, I have all these memories of you stored up. Mm-hmm. And then maybe tell them some of those remember memories. I remember when my first when when our our she's now our youngest, but at the time she was our firstborn kid. When she was born, she cried so loud and so long. I remember I had a, a good friend who was a part of our church, who was a NICU nurse. She came to me the next day and said, Oh, I, hey, I heard you guys were here. And she goes, she went over to <laughs> see our daughter and she said, You're not gonna believe it. it all the nurses last night were talking about they had never heard a baby cry that loud and that long. And I said, that's so, I said, she goes, and I knew that was a Martin baby. And she I did. said, a hundred percent. And so I, and I said that, I said, told that story to my daughter and said, you know, I just treasured that up as I remember thinking, oh, she's one of us. Yes. And then I have little stories with all my kids, you know, I didn't get to have them when they were, when they were babies, but I tell them, you know, I remember there are all these moments where I tell them specific things they did or specific things. And I said, I knew you were mine. Yeah. I knew you were a part of our family. I knew yeah. you were us when you did that. Cause you're, you're definitely a Martin yeah. that way that, I, Oh, you're just a Martin through and through and tying them and saying, and I imagine that Mary had those moments oh, with, yeah. that Jesus, I bet Jesus skinned his knee. I love, there's a rich Mullins song uh, where he says, did you ever, did you ever try not to cry when you skinned your knee? Mm-hmm. And I thought about how vulnerable that was to be for Jesus to be this little boy and, you know, boys just want to be tough and their friends are around, you skin up your knee and you just think, oh, I'll try really hard not to cry. Mm-hmm. Did Jesus ever feel that way? I bet he did. I'm sure. I bet there were times that Jesus got teased by his friends and it made him, 
you know, just made him feel a little insecure, made him think, you know, certain things about himself. And did all of those things happen? And reminding them that's the point is that Jesus became one of us. Mm -hmm. That just like you are, you're little and you're growing. You know, I mm -hmm. say to my girls all the time, I'm really trying these days when when they mess something up, or even just when they when they sin, when they do right. something. When they do something that's mean-spirited, when they do something that, try to always tell them, that's not right and that's okay. And then I say to them, but you're not bad. You're just little. Yeah. And and if you keep trusting Jesus, you're going to grow. You won't always do these things. Right. I think there's a way in our heads, because I still struggle with a lot of stuff I struggled with as a little kid. Right. I almost feel like, well, it's just inevitable. Everyone does that. You're going to keep doing it. And it almost is this hopeless thing. But I hope for me that a lot of things that are messed up with me, I'm just still little. Right. And hopefully I won't do these things. And you're forever. not fully pressed into the mold, right? I'm not fully in so that mold. You're yet. not full you wanna be and you're you always seeking to be closer to it and pressing into it. Yes. But it's not like it's a one time thing. It's not a press and move on all the time. That's right. And so we have to keep keep seeking that. That's right. And so I think when it comes to all of this, when we talk about the Christmas story, regardless of how you do it, whether you're singing a song, whether you're serving people and reminding your kids, hey, this is why we do this, whether you're saying, hey, this is why on Christmas Eve, we're going to be late to grandma's party or we're going to be late because we're going to go to church mm -hmm. and we're going to be a part of this because we're going to tell the story. This is why we might miss out on this activity because we are we went to Christmas in Coweta and we couldn't do this thing. Right. And, we're, we're going to live out the Christmas story. And I know everyone else, and I say this to my kids all the time, they'll say, well, so-and-so's family does this. And you know what my natural response is? Well, I'm not so-and-so's dad. Oh, I do that too. That's my natural thing. What I'm trying to do now Oh, is sometimes I say you should go live with so-and-so. <laughs> I call them up. They got a bed. It'll be fine. <sighs> I'm trying these days, especially when I know someone, it, when the family is drawn by this, often it's people who they don't follow Jesus. I'll right. say, I can't decide what other people do, but we follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is the way that he tells us to do things. And that's why you can't have goldfish today. No. <laughs> it's not It's not about small things like that, but there are big things. So-and-so so -and -so went to Six Flags on Sunday. We don't go to Six Flags on Sunday. Right. We don't go do that thing on Sunday because we follow Jesus. We're going to church on Sunday. And we can do other things, other times of the bit we do this or whatever the specific thing is. We tell the story because that's who we are. That's the mold we're choosing to live into. And so this Christmas, instead of trying to figure out a way, hey, how do I just read the story to get that off my checklist so I can have the great Christmas? Right. Don't take the Jesus mold and smash it back onto the greatness mold that's that the right. world has. You want... You're going to yeah. start by pressing into that mold and yeah. you're still going to celebrate. You're still going to do oh, things. Yeah, do no I... one, not, we're not saying not to do those yeah. things. But like we talk about on here always, it's about priorities and about seeking God's kingdom first. Yes. And then all the rest of the things follow along there. So we hope you guys figure out some way. Like we, I mean, we, I feel like we gave you a lot of different yeah. ways. To Tell us how you did it. We have a link yeah. in the show notes. I'd love to hear how you, how you, um, talk about this with your family or how you have in the past or yeah. how you're planning to this year um, or what your family does to try That's to be right. more like Jesus throughout this time of year. We, we want to hear from you guys. So there is a link in the show notes. So send us that questions, comments, concerns, all of those things. We are here to hear those. So hope you have a, have a great Christmas. Christmas. I mean, I do that every time. Good Christmas. Good Christmas. Oh, don't snip that. Make that good. <laughs>